0: Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, I speak to Hannah Reid-Baldry, co-founder of craft subscription service Makebox and Co. Hannah speaks from the heart about her journey to setting up the company, a segue from freelance to company owner. And there's a trigger warning here because we do discuss baby loss. Her co-founder is her husband, and we talk about running a business with your partner, crafting as a coping mechanism for loss and for well-being, as well as lots of tips for standing out as a business. Hannah shares insight from her experience of running the business in lockdown and how her children are the inspiration for her craft designs. This episode was recorded in June, 2020. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. Today, I am chatting to Hannah Reed Aldry from Makebox and Co. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing?
1: Hi. How are you doing today? It's I'm a very well. It's
0: very nice. Oh, so nice. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what would normally happen is I would have come to you and we could be sat with a cup of tea in the garden or something having a chat, but unfortunately, we're, we're practically inmates, we? with
1: a cup of tea. I've got the cup of tea, got a Excellent. massive cup of decaf tea, because you, know, yeah. uh, you know, I've had about 12. <laughs> 12- this morning, so I thought about getting to decaf now.
0: Brilliant, I love it. Um, would you like to start by telling everyone sort of what your freelance is? What do you do that's self employed? Tell us all about your, your business. Okay,
1: so, so we were having a chat earlier about this. Um, yes. I am no longer officially freelance. Mm. And I don't want to do like a big cheer because, <laughs> because I don't 100% feel like that. I've just gone on a big journey on my career and I ended up being the director of a business, which is, a, which is my business. I'm the face of the business. But I am only officially being on a salary literally for a couple of months. But um, I set up a business with my husband called Make Books and Co, which is a craft subscription company um, mm. and gifting service. Um, but as a freelancer, had a ridiculously kind of long career and. I think relatively successful as a freelancer. Mm. Um, you know, there's highs and lows. But I basically started off. Um, I did theatre and costume design at St Martin's, that old chestnut.
0: Brilliant.
1: And that's where I met my husband, um, Brendan. So we've been together for a long old time. Mm. Um, and um, from that, I sort of started out in fluent TV. So I worked in the art department, mm. kind of you know comedy a lot of time. Um, cool. I worked. i did movies yeah done all sorts of random stuff and then did when i started doing my own stuff started doing smaller stuff like music videos so kind of doing the set and clothes and stuff for those and then i somehow got into kind of um styling for magazines so i Mm. did big photo shoots as an assistant and i do things like Vogue and sort of do very kind of theatrical set design and you know, that kind of stuff. And really kind of beautiful big budgets as well.
0: Did you just have loads of money back like this was what 15 yeah, it years was, ago uh, or so.
1: Yeah. I mean there were, there was a combination. So when I was doing my own stuff as a stylist, I would do a lot of handmade props. So I'd work for people like Lots of the Japanese magazines and like dazed and confused and kind of stuff. So do lots of kind of crazy, weird headpieces. It was all about the crazy headpiece. I think Brilliant. in mm. early 2000s, it was <laughs> it was all about <laughs> yeah. that um, and weird stuff like crushing cans. And, and I, you know, I remember for Japanese folk, I made this. I, I'm quite proud of this folk that sat on this incredible looking girl's head. Oh my god! Which was kind of, you know, mm. So lots of kind of really sculptural, very creative mm. stuff. It was always kind of quite crafty but not granny's granny crafty just <laughs> handmade and then I started kind of doing quite well in that area and so I would do kind of set design for magazines and advertising. Had a long journey there and then when Brendan and I got married I my favourite book has always been Alice in Wonderland obviously for obvious reasons got a lot blonde hair like wearing black hairbands
0: <laughs> <laughs> like flamingos <And laughs>
1: yeah. yeah got a lot of flamingos I'm like no not really and I themed the wedding was an Alice in Wonderland style theme and we had this amazing cake and it was all kind of really beautiful and I kind of had an idea of doing a book Mm. kind of based on this concept of Alice in Wonderland but for adults and I loved the idea I was you know I'm an adult I liked crafting I like making stuff and it seemed like craft really the only successful books and things were for kids Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, grown-ups craft all the time and make mm. stuff. A friend of mine who was an art director at the time, who's still an art director, and I got together, kind of, blad for a book, sent it off to loads of publishers, had loads of no's, but we had one yes. And um, we created this book called Everything Alice, which basically became number one bestseller. Oh, and brilliant. It was awesome. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and so that opened up, Although I'd not been, I'd been doing a bit for craft magazines, but not much. Mm. Um, it was that combination of having a very kind of fashion and interior's eye against handmade, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people hadn't had before. Yeah. And so it made it a bit different. Through that, I kind of paired two careers of writing books, craft books, and, and doing my styling. And so I kind of wrote, I've written, my oh God, I can't remember how many books I've written. A few what four, five, something like that. Ooh, books, <laughs> really yeah. it. <laughs> Lockdown's been very bad for my brain. Oh, I mean you know, having a poor child is bad for your brain, let alone lockdown on top. It's a month to Sunday.
0: Yeah. I'll do the date check, which I keep doing people. Do it's Saturday check. the thirteenth of June. I always keep throwing it in now so people know when we were chatting. Yeah, it there a we are.
1: lockdown yeah, it yeah.
0: was sort of thing, but uh yeah. You had quite a few freelance strings to your bow.
1: I felt like I needed to because I felt like I never earned enough money out of one of those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've worked as a presenter for years. So presenting all the kind of craft stuff, see and I mean, all sorts of random stuff. And, you know, Red Magazine, all sorts of people. I've kind of done a lot of how-to videos. So it's just, it's all part of the same thing. Mm. But it's, you know lots of different things because I just don't I just never felt like I was earning enough money doing no it wasn't even money driven I just kind of was interested in lots of things I don't know it's about
0: paying the bills isn't it as well it's that case of well yeah if you've got if I only did freelance journalism I need other things to kind of mix and match in there so every so often I'll write some on a press release or I will you know do some copywriting you've you've got to have those sort of strings to your bow and then it keeps like you say it's interesting then as well isn't it it's not every day is the same that's the joy of Doing yeah what you want for a living
1: <laughs> I just yeah, well, that's the thing I mean, I mean my brain doesn't work in that way either, like I couldn't be doing the same thing mm. every single day, I think it I would feel. Like I was drowning a bit if I was doing that. And even, um, you know, the longest kind of contracts I've had was doing films. Mm -hmm. But even that, it was never the same thing every day. It was never for me doing that. And I would have loved to. I mean, I spent years trying to find a job that was like a styling job Mm. in-house somewhere. But there just wasn't really anything out there. There wasn't anything that wasn't freelance. I
0: feel like you were meant to have your whole freelance life, though, because otherwise you wouldn't have built up to. The company you yeah. now have—it's almost like yeah. you needed to do all of everything you did to then reach the point where you were like, "Ah, oh, okay, let's do something else yeah. now."
1: Yeah. And, but the thing is, this isn't really doing something else. So this, so yeah, Maple, <laughs> we, so so in the last, so the last just over years, so we launched this business, and I'll, I'll explain why we did it. Mm, yeah, that'd but, be nice to um, tell people. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Brendan was a fashion designer. So my husband Brendan was a fashion designer and he worked for a supplier. So he was the head of design for a supplier who basically supplied Marks and Spencers. I don't think he ever felt like he was a fashion designer, a women's wear fashion designer. Mm. I don't think he ever felt that that was the career for him. But somehow he went to like the best art school you go to. He studied, you know, he's really talented at it, but it mm. just wasn't. I don't think he ever felt it was the right fit for him as a person. And so he stopped doing that and he had the opportunity to set up a business and he did. And he had his first business about four years ago, which was called Range Room. And it was in the fashion space and it was a startup and he had this big idea. We were in, we were in, I mean, it sounds very glamorous, but we were in um, LA and he sat a swimming pool on, on this amazing holiday. Um, and he sat like, I've got this idea and I want to do this idea, and you know, will you support me doing this idea? And I was like, Yeah, of course I will, you know, you don't want to be doing what you're doing, let's let's just do it. Mm. And luckily he got funding um and, and he sold the business. So so at the point where he sold the business, which was probably two Chris two Christmases ago, mm-hmm. um, I was pregnant um with our third child Posey, who is now one. Mm-hmm. And um we'd just pretty much gone through we'd, the worst moment of our lives, essentially. Um, we, we lost our baby at birth mm-hmm. and um, his name was Bertie. And it was completely unexpected because he was well all through the pregnancy. Um, and uh, at 36 weeks, I was on a photo shoot for, uh, I was selling some food for a, some advertising client and um I was in in the studio, and I never, I hadn't gone into labour with my first child, Teddy. Um, he, he just didn't want to come out, so I had a, a C section. Okay. Mm. So I I haven't ever felt what it was like going into labour. I didn't mm. know ever get those sensations See, you haven't had that sort of physical feeling of no it. so i yeah. didn't know what to expect and so i was hoping that that would have happened when you know throughout this pregnancy with the second one because i was quite determined not to have another c-section well that's not so bad i've had three so <laughs> you know but um but I yeah so so I was on this photo shoot and I suddenly got this kind of like surge of sort of hormones and aching and I was like oh my god this is the beginning of it oh my god oh my god oh my god and kind of rushed home and packed the bags and then it just went away and I was like okay well maybe that's what happens mm. and, and you get all this funny advice you get this advice like when you get when the baby's bigger they don't move as much and all these sort of bad pieces of advice that are not true uh, yeah <laughs> and he basically after that point stopped moving um and i i would kind of push him and and you can feel a baby move because they mm. displace so they there's there's a lot that you can feel movement if you if you move around because mm. it's essentially like having a weight in so you can feel something um so I could feel those movements but not kind of proper physical movements Mm. and I had a scan so we were at King's College in in London and um I'd had a scan booked in they do like a routine scan at 36 weeks so it was two days after this and I thought okay well I'll just wait for the scan and then we went in I said to the the stenographer the the assistant because they have a training they've got training there I feel like the movement slowed down she's like oh don't worry you know it's fine that's what happens later on I'm like okay fine and then we went in and we we got given the news and it, it everything changed from that point and it is it's like you're you're literally your walls come crashing down and your whole perspective and perception of life changes in that absolute moment mm. it's not the same again and luckily, we are really close as a couple, we have an amazing family, we've got amazing friends, and we got through it. Yeah. Um, and it's a very dark time. But it does make you reassess everything. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of a career, for me, I've always been chasing things, I've always been chasing this and that and everything else. And I kind of want to to use all of those things that like you said like I've learned and put them into one pot and that make that pot Mm. strong and kind of golden if that makes sense and it's about using so so for me so with Makebox it's it's basically like for me writing a book every month Mm. essentially it's doing using all those skills of writing designing and it's all the things that I've always done, and taking photos. And you yeah, know, it's a startup. We do everything. Brendan deals with the business side, and I deal with the sort of creative side. Yeah. And because I think also it's from a place. So, so the the first product that we launched was um, this bee embroidery I'd done. So just after Bertie died, I sort of did craft quite a lot from my bed because I, oh. I was quite ill afterwards. I got oh. a really nice infection, and I I was quite ill. I had a high fever for quite a long time, and I also just you know was in a strange place and just yeah. wanted to kind of there was a moment you know there were moments I didn't even want to go as close as the front door in the house I didn't yeah. you become very kind of you you shut off a bit you need to just to sort of recover
0: and also a having a shock as well like you probably had you are you you're, you're, the you're, experience
1: yeah I think it's kind of like you, you wake up it's a very strange experience because you you wake up and you know that kind of moment in between dreaming and being awake yeah. everything's okay in that moment and then you suddenly are reminded and it's kind of getting over that every day and it's it's having the strength like you have to you have to you have to have a lot of strength to be able to kind of move forward and weirdly brendan hated this but i found talking about it a lot helped yeah. me and i would talk about it on social media and i would do it and it wasn't for anybody else's purpose it was for me to get mm. my out in the day and for me, I've, I, it's funny because I've retracted quite a lot from my personal um, Instagram account now because I've kind of been doing Makebox and it's kind of all yeah. kind of focused on that and I've used it in a way to, to kind of advertise what we're doing. And I've retreated from that. But there was a moment in time where I was very much about talking continuously about kind of how I was feeling and mm. what I've done that day. And I used um, crafting as a real tool to help with my well-being so I really know how much mm. it can help people yeah and we have so many customers who come back over and over again and send me the most beautiful messages about how it's helped them and how they oh. look forward to the boxes that we do that it kind of lifts them every month it's like getting a you know it's like getting a gift in the post yeah. and it's kind of it's 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 so special hearing that because because my whole attitude to it is you know it's always I don't care if you whatever you make whether you make stuff that I make or something else I just want you to be making stuff because I think it's so good for you and finding time to do something that isn't watching the tv isn't you know basically zoning out at something else do something that's good for your brain and whether that's like some people find reading or you know but for me it's making stuff and so yeah so we're just going guys I do waffle Um, yeah been been embroidering this bee after he died I made all the flowers for his coffin um and and so the first product we launched with this bee and I didn't ever say that was the pattern that I sort of started working on during this time I didn't well, people might have known that but mm. if they were following me on Instagram but most people don't know that and it's not really something I've thrown into people's faces. It's kind of all the designs that I think for, and they pop up. But all the designs that for the first year or so were based on me and how I was feeling, but in a very commercial way. And mm. In the sense of like, um, when Posey was born, I created a rainbow. Oh. Um, a, a baby born after loss is called a rainbow baby. Mm. So, and we donate um, every time one of those boxes sold, we donate to Tommy's, the baby charity. So, oh, that's they say, so nice and so there's there is just a lot tied up in in the designs and that I think that comes from be, going to art school having an art school background having those links between creativity and thoughtfulness and you know sentimentality mm-hmm. whereas I think a lot of kind of craft and I hate to say this but a lot of craft companies are about just churning out stuff mm. and Especially at the moment, is, the
0: demand is huge, isn't it? I mean, everyone is yeah. crafting, they're at home, and they want that distraction. You know, sales of craft yeah. items went through the roof, didn't they? But you're right, it's easy to make it just commercial and not have yeah. anything emotional and, behind yeah. it. Yeah,
1: and I think that's probably why we've been so successful.
0: Mm-hmm
1: because I think there's something a bit different about it I hope anyway yeah i know very much it's all about kind of being happy and making stuff and you know being have great fun and you know I don't want it to kind of bring it all down but it's just that's where we approached it from and so as a couple we set this business up because we wanted to spend more time together basically mm-hmm. and way too much time together and we you know there are moments <laughs>
0: well I was going to ask you what is it like in inverted commas being a freelancer with your other half because I work from home and my partner works from home but we don't do the same job and we're not in business together so we sit next to each yeah. other
1: How do you? Oh, that's and nice. I have
0: threatened to interview him at some point because obviously I could interview him in person without having to go anywhere <laughs> but we don't have our businesses don't overlap in any way so there's still that kind of individuality but yeah I was going to sort of say tell us about what it's like Going into business with your husband.
1: right? so in terms of the way we both think, we're Mm -hmm. obviously very close and so we think in the same way and so we've always got each other's back and we're very supportive of each other and we also have very different roles in the business. Although he's really creative, he's always been a lot more business-minded than me. Um, And so his role very much is the kind of CEO, he's running the business, he's running the boxes everything getting the development of the company all those sort of things and I'm very much dealing with the visual side of it the design process um getting in amazing people to help make these boxes you know so it's very separate in that sense Mm -hmm. um but we've also had the added pressure of we started this business when I was six months pregnant I was gonna say you're
0: self-employed parents as well as a couple who run a business together it's like
1: so, so i had posy three months in to this business In yeah. the first month of this business we were, we were just like let's try something let's see what happens we set up a free website we sold about 250 boxes in the first month which we weren't expecting mm. and that for a house to to pack in a house was ridiculous yeah. we, moved, we moved it all out straight away and we were very lucky because we got angel investment immediately
0: oh brilliant yeah. well done which is very lucky because Tell of Tell people pre- what that is, by the way, because if people don't know what angel investment is... Angel investment is, do
1: I know? it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's investment with, um, just very early on, or I don't know if it's even very early on. I don't know, how would you describe it? It's like magical it's sort of like money. It's like a
0: dragon, isn't it? Dragon's Den style, someone says, yes, I like what you're doing and...
1: Yeah, and they just give you money. Yeah. Yeah
0: and then they want they hope for a return but it's a subscription yeah. isn't it i haven't we haven't really told people exactly what it is is it but it's yeah, a subscription okay. craft monthly sign up
1: okay. so so Makebox is um the uk's most love craft box excellent um, it um is you get a new craft every month so i try and vary it a lot it's it's of a certain style which is my taste and style so you know this sort of thing that you're getting in terms of hopefully you'll like it Mm. Um, and we tell you a month before what you're getting but it is um we vary the craft types and and so it could be one month you know it could be a weaving and then the next month an embroidery and then working with clay or lots of different kind of things and it's just to sort of get your mind going and make something really beautiful and and try new things and it's they're all very easy to follow because i photograph every single step so you can't oh, cool. really go wrong. Um, and it's a subscription or you can buy just what the previous boxes as a one-off gift. And a lot of people do that. They they try a box and then they go, oh yeah, I actually quite like this. And then they sign up for a, a, whatever, however, they, what, however long they want to. And then we also get collaborators in. So, like, really best in field people. Mm. So, we had um, Isabella Strambina, who is a macrame artist. We love saying about um, Emma Block, who's an illustrator. Mm. So, it's getting those really authentic, really inspiring voices of British craft to make stuff, and yeah. you can make what they, you know. And there are people you've probably been following on Instagram mm. or Facebook, you know, that you kind of go, oh, wow, they're amazing. And then you're like, oh, wow, I get to to do this myself and it's lovely it's yeah really, it's brilliant yeah. but i guess at
0: the moment as well craft is so huge like we were just saying people are really crafting in lockdown and the idea of being able to get craft in your letterbox is like oh well that's yeah. you're very clever you're
1: but i will be honest lockdown has been extraordinary for our business um mm. we've tripled what we were we were doing previous to that and but it's also been incredibly stressful because of that because mm. We've had to employ people during lockdown. Oh we've goodness. basically increased our team by, I'd say, six people, seven people during lockdown wow. because we couldn't – basically, we, we, we had to close for the first two weeks. We we're an online business, so we mm-hmm. can't – we've always been able to deliver, but we just thought, in terms of safety, in terms of getting our head around really what's going on, we've also got a family. We had to close – but we had to keep going, mm-hmm. but we had to close the studio, and actually, we couldn't get into the studio because our studio decided they were just going to lock the doors and no one else could get wow. in but we we luckily have a very big space we, which we've moved into two days before lockdown started <laughs> um, so social distancing wasn't actually an issue in the space that we were in so cool. in terms of because we pack all the boxes and stuff in that particular studio and it just it's been very stressful in um. terms of We've had to kind of get a whole customer service team on board because people, ninety-nine percent of people have been amazing and understanding that there are delays and it's not mm. just delays, it's, yeah. it's being sent to us from all over the world, you know, it can be from Germany, it can be from we've got some coming from the Netherlands and China, you know. Ooh. And obviously those things all got delayed and have been delayed. And then Royal Mail obviously Trying yeah, to is, yeah, the best thing in the world later. it's mm. oh well you know when amazon was sort of delivering a week late but there might be something wrong <laughs>
0: yeah if amazon can't do overnight nobody I yeah I totally nobody can, really can. Yeah. i mean
1: yeah mm. and so we've had we've had some quite tough cookies mm. wondering where things were when we like Oh my God, we're having a pandemic. Yeah. Well, when people
0: are wondering where PPE is, you're probably thinking, yes, we want our business to stay afloat, but also, you know, that the crafting items—they're not the top thing that people might be trying to transport at that. You time. would think it was care. in some
1: cases. You would think that you know that they would value that more than food. It, yeah, but ninety percent people have been brilliant. It's just yeah. that it's been quite tough like just kind of it's just and also like people do want to know and be aware of things so of course and so the business has had to the first two weeks we were like right what we're going to do and so it got we got even more full-on because I started doing um, a live show every Friday mm. on Instagram um, we set up a kids department, we put loads of content, we created a blog, which we had before, but we hadn't really done much with, and now that's kind of in our whole entity on its own, which is a make blog, and so we kind of just, like, pushed everything in every direction, and what's come out of this is it's quite extraordinary, so now we're launching a new kids department, which Brilliant. is Box Kid, and it come out in August, and so there's a lot that's come out of it, but we've just felt like we've just grown, like, mm. exponentially, really in this weird time so it's just yeah oh thanks it's (laughs) it's
0: funny because everything you sort of said it's like we're both really smiling as we're chatting and it's obviously things are thriving do you think for you as a self-employed person it's almost like it seems like you're really firing on all cylinders under pressure so you've got new baby older child you know you work alongside your husband you're working from home you've set up your own business and then lockdown but it's almost like the, all the external things or all that mixture of so many different variables is actually gets you gets you going more. Do you feel like you do work as a self-employed person better under pressure, it seems?
1: No. Yes, no. a big fluke. I think my husband Brendan definitely does. Mm. He's always like what's he's always been like, what's sex? What's sex? Um I have a limit mm-hmm. to how far I can be pushed. Because I think when you're coming up with designs and concepts and making stuff there's some stuff I can do really well under pressure Mm -hmm. but there are some There's some things you just need to decide to think like essentially if you're designing something when there's noise and I find it very full-on because I'm working from the kitchen so Mm. when I am working I've got two we basically both have two and a half days a week that we've allocated to each other to work and then those kind of you know evenings or whatever but I've got kids running in and out of the kitchen the whole time I find it I find it very hard to concentrate and like make and be creative if I if I can't really sit down and focus um so there but there are some things I can do where it's fine and it's all kind of going on but but I do genuinely kind of feel like I just want to be in a quiet space sometimes and just kind of get on with it so so yes in terms of the business and growth and stuff but it's kind of been out of our control as well we've just been trying to adapt to what's been happening to us Mm -hmm. um which is extraordinary and nothing but incredible but it's it's kind of adapting and you're just kind of doing your best to adapt and uh, there's the whole every situation has kind of been quite external in this
0: you're just waiting you know, for the next thing that tells you how you you might react, I guess. It's like you wake yeah. up Tony, and you're like, okay, yeah, the news is this has happened. You're like, okay, well, maybe we'll do that with the business then because yes. you just don't know
1: point, yeah is it i think with and i think i saw a documentary about makeup brands and how they, there is lots of kind of really young interesting makeup brands out there and they're able to react really quickly to trends and things and people and i think that's what's brilliant about what we've got at the moment because we are a young company and we're not big and clunky mm. and we react really quickly to things and trends and things that are going on and and i think I think that's really great because that means that we can we can get a feel for things instead of planning them I mean we plan some stuff mm. far ahead. We're, we're learning more to do that and we're starting to get people in place who can kind of in terms of sourcing materials and getting stuff in plan quite far ahead but in terms of kind of reacting to what's going on in the world mm. we can do that because we're still small enough to be able to do that I think yeah. Big companies find that hard, don't
0: they? Well, that's the thing, because I guess there's only the two of you. So if you want to make a decision that is quite a big pivot for the company, like if next week you said, "Okay, let's do, let's launch the kids stuff a month later or something," you wouldn't then have to ask the other people and gather them for a meeting and get everyone's approval from the board of directors. Because you two just go, "Okay, yeah,
1: let's let's do that." Then you can kind of be more autonomous, I guess. Exactly. Mm. So I think that's great. But I think that's how it feels like freelancing in a funny Mm. way. Because it's kind of very much like we 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 and we're learning as we go, you know. I mean, I think we we've done a pretty good job, but we are still always going to be learning as we go. Because neither of us have had a company of this site. I mean, I've never had. I've just it's just been me and maybe a couple of assistants. It's never been this. Yes. And I think it's also because I've been at home during the period well we've grown quite a lot I haven't been into the studio since we started lockdown Mm. so it it would be quite it's funny going in there and you think all these people are like working for you and you're like oh thanks
0: because we chatted a bit before as well in in terms of like going from saying like the definitions almost are saying well you were freelance before and now you are a company director and you obviously have people you might have freelancers who you employ perhaps on a part-time basis but Do you still feel freelance in some way, or is freelance a word you've almost left behind it's and now? It's self-employed. Mind. Yeah.
1: I just think it's a same as mm. I'm not very good at working for other people, and no, I me neither. discovered this early on. And mm-hmm. does that does that mean that you're the type of person that isn't? You know, I'm just not very. I am good at being told what to do when it's in a situation, say for example, a photo shoot, and somebody wants these results. Mm. I think I find it hard being told what to do. Uh, maybe, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. How would you explain
0: it? No, I know exactly what you mean. It's almost like, well, that's like I being just think directed, isn't it? No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of think. I did get to a point where I thought, I've either worked for a lot of people that aren't very nice, or it's me. Ah, oh, hold on a minute. Yeah, maybe it's... But yeah, it's like being... It's when you're being told what to do, not, not being asked or directed what to do. So I guess yes. in a shoot, if you were styling it, someone would say, we want it done a certain way. That's a brief that you can feel whereas sometimes you might have a boss who's like they won't listen to your ideas and they say but do it this way and I want it done that way whatever you say and you just feel like you have no creative influence over your own role when you're in a staff treated like that so I guess there's that difference between being directed and being bossed about
1: yeah I just I mean like you say like I've done so many I've worked with all sorts of people and some of them just aren't very nice people Mm. I think because I was younger in my career I think you always are trying to accommodate those people and you think it's kind of you and the way you're doing things Mm. and then now being the boss it's about the person who's leading them I mean if they're a bad leader they're a bad leader I think when someone is employing freelancers all the time maybe they are can be a a worse leader because Mm. they don't have to employ the same people over and over again. Yeah, that's true. Um, I thought of that. That's a really good point. Actually, they can have different people through the door and treat them pretty much how they want to treat them. And they're like, Oh, well, if that one doesn't want to come
0: back, I'll employ three.
1: They they know that there's
0: a huge bank of freelancers. (laughs) They might be able to, to draw from. The other thing I found with bosses is often people are made a manager because they've risen the ranks of a certain industry. So particularly in journalism, people go from being a writer to a deputy features editor, a features editor. And suddenly as a features editor, it's because they are experienced in editing features, but then suddenly they're managing a team. Yes. And that's, suddenly they're just like overnight, right? You manage people and it's like, well, hold on, all I ever did was edit features. I didn't manage people up until now. And then there's not often perhaps training for people and then that kind of thing. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think there's, uh, yeah, I think it's... um, and I also think in, in creative fields, you get big personalities, don't you? Mm. And so yeah. uh, a lot of alpha creativity, if that makes sense. And so when you get someone with an opinion and another person with an opinion and they don't have the same creative opinion, it's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it so, can be a bit yeah. of a,
0: an explosion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, no, so. it's good. I'm, I'm freelance for life. It sounds like you're very much self-employed for life as well this is very much your decision to be
1: yeah I mean I just think it's I think I think personally I think the best way to get on is just to be a nice person <laughs> I mean, yeah. kind of, you know, just be nice and respectful to people and I think and I would hope that um it was funny because I mean it's quite a hard subject to broach, but Brendan is um, um Asian I'm white and we we're talking about the kind of Black Lives Matter mm. and this kind of po- politics going on and I've seen a lot of um tokenism in people's because basically my attitude is and I think it is being from a creative industry I'm not no I don't work in a bank I'm not a lawyer Mm -hmm. I don't haven't had to live by those rules of the way of employment and for us we just sort of employ people because they're good and it Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter what ethnicity they are um and we've got all sorts of ethnicities working for us because that's just our world and you know that's never kind of been an issue but it's a funny it's a it's it's an interesting conversation um in terms of kind of yeah just kind of being respectful and nice to people Mm. it doesn't have to be it's just it's not not Mm. about I mean everybody's going through so much crap and you know it's nothing but I think there are certain things that maybe are pivoting Thing now a little earlier than maybe they would have done and and so people you know also kind of in terms of people working from home that were going to be so many home offices built mm-hmm. yeah you know, there's going to be so many more builders probably because it's going to be every like I don't know what percentage of percentage of the population actually will start working from home mm. or need the option
0: yeah
1: because in terms of um, the pandemic itself Um, I keep hearing the word oscillation and that means it will be coming potentially come back again at certain times of year over a period of time so lockdown may well happen again Mm -hmm. um and so people are going to be better need to be better equipped for working at home and from home yeah very much so um and so people need space they need a home office they need you know somewhere to be if they Mm -hmm. have already you know in terms of what like I was saying like I'm working in the kitchen at the moment and that's not ideal mm. but you know it's, it's must
0: though isn't it yeah before you can get back in the studio that's just
1: the it's reality. just kind of adapting yeah. and I think people have to adapt and I think also there's not going to be um it was kind of frowned upon wasn't it to take a job that you felt wasn't what you were doing as a career. Mm-hmm. Or, somewhere like beneath what you were doing there's a sort of feeling that if you take something else if you're working in a bank and then you get a job in a coffee shop it feels like you've taken a step down but I think there's going to be less like embarrassment about doing stuff like that because people are just going to have to earn money no matter what they're doing and they're they are just going to go and have to earn money and it depends how they do it and I just think everybody's just sadly in some respects got to adapt to to what's going on and we can't just it's just tricky and there will be businesses that start thriving and can employ more people which is a
0: good thing yeah I was going to ask you about pivots to kind of finish off but it does make me think there will be people who are either unfortunately going to lose a job or decide that they don't want to go back to a job because they realize after working from home that they were really unhappy and they think okay yeah and especially freelancers who go okay well business a isn't bringing in enough money right I'm going to pivot I'm going to use everything I've learned up this point. Twist it round a bit and see see where the next thing goes, and that's sort of what you did after a, also after a, a period of yeah very, well, we, very difficult period. We of, had we yeah.
1: we had a life changing moment, which mm. which was a car crash for our, <laughs> mm. our our lives really, and I think um we we pivoted because it was the right time, and I think I've I was always kind of like I do want to have a business eventually. I Always yeah. knew that. I always kind of thought. I didn't know what it was gonna be really. I thought it might be, I thought it might be kind of a property or like a kind of Ooh. workspace or something. I didn't know, I didn't know what it would be. Um, I always wanted somewhere I could kind of film videos and produce like lovely content and and all that sort of stuff. And and I was, I think this was kind of, I've, I feel incredibly blessed because this is all the things I've done and can do rolled mm-hmm. in It's kind of. Unique in that, and and I'm, you know, hopefully there are things out there for other people where they can pivot and create a business. I mean, selling a product was never something I really kind of knew about. You know, selling a thing. I was always the stylist, so I was always the. I mean, do you? I mean, how do you think about yourself on your freelance? I never really thought about myself as a product, Mm. and I think I probably would have been more successful if I did.
0: Yeah, someone said to me the other day, you've got to think of it as a business, not a, not a freelance thing, I suppose. Or yeah. Not. But then I guess, well, I sell, I guess I sell ideas and features, I suppose, in a way I sell yeah. stories. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, well, yeah, you do. And mm-hmm. I think that's the thing Like, I didn't think of myself as kind of, and I think um, with, with the advent of kind of social media and Instagram and stuff, people are learning whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And I think in some cases it's a really, Bad thing, but I think in some cases it's good, you know. Um, is this kind of being a product they're like photographing themselves and being a product mm. and, and kind of and they're making money through being a product themselves? I don't love that, but I think that works for some people. But in the other respect of kind of smaller businesses, like you know, the kind of Etsy sellers, mm. so that's a lovely way for them to show how creative there are so many huge creative accounts people from jewelry making to knitting to illustration that 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 platform has really kind of boosted them and who they are and probably helped them pivot into far more sales than they would ever have had before I think in this day and age it's extraordinary that you can create a business basically from not very much you can get a website for free if you want to yeah. or pay for it you can take the photos i mean i i take all the photos for our business on my i've got an iphone pro take it on that record you know video on here um we ended up buying a camera the phone is better than the camera that i bought because it's such a good
0: it's funny you mentioned that because i was going to ask you to sort of finish off that if someone is a freelancer and they've been doing a lot of craft during lockdowns even just as an aside for them and you know their mental health and their self-care and then they're thinking i'm going to do craft I, they might do craft anyway sort of thing what would be your piece of advice for people if they think right i'm gonna i'm gonna begin a craft startup then i'm gonna start my own business
1: well number one don't become my competitor so yes don't <laughs> do that and don't make that choice because <laughs> yeah that's right yeah do something other
0: than what make books do
1: something else and certainly don't start your own subscription company <laughs> because you'll get in big trouble with me um, <laughs> no if you're set, if you want to, I've had a few people sort of ask me to mentor them. I mean, mm. I don't know if I'm qualified to do anything I'm qualified <laughs> i never think i'm qualified to i think that's the thing is it is i don't i don't think i have imposter syndrome but i do think like when people come and ask me questions i'm like and then i think to myself actually i probably do know you know yeah just i don't know anyway but i think if you are going to start a business you have to have an idea which is unique to you imagine the freelance world and the freelance pool of people and all the stylists all the wannabes stylists and all the photographers and want to be photographers or they want to be journalists or there's just so many people out there and there are people who are have worked for a lot longer and are probably more established and therefore they get the jobs so um and they've probably got a little bit more experience whatever in terms of creating your own business it has to be from you and something unique because Uh you need to stand out you can't just be doing what everybody else is doing and you need to have a clear message and focus on what you're doing. Yeah. Um and I think that everybody has a it's like a book, you know, they say everybody's got a book in them. I think everyone's yeah. got a business in them. I think they do. Oh, I think I like everybody has probably got something Kind of a bit special, a bit interesting that they could do, I and especially that. if you're a freelancer, because I think you're probably quite interesting and special anyway if you're a freelancer, because you yeah. have the ability to find work. You're entrepreneurial. You're looking. You're emailing people all the time. You're saying, "Hi, I'm here." Do, you want, do we talk? You know, you, mm-hmm. you have that spirit of an entrepreneur, but take it to the next level. I'll have to admit that I am wildly creative mm-hmm. and Brendan is is the one who is the business mind. I don't think either of us could have set this business up without each other. Oh, because, because I can't, I, like that. I can't think of all this sort of business <laughs> and development and stuff. And I mean, there's not enough room in one person's brain anyway to do these things. I don't think, no. um, But I think it works well if you have a team of people. So if you have someone who is more business orientated than you are perhaps the creative person. Uh I think that helps. I think the great thing about freelancing is it is a job that you dip in and out of. Uh Often for a day's work, you're quite well paid. Uh Often. I mean in terms of styling when I was doing an advertising job was really well paid so I would have to work a certain amount of months and then I could not work if I didn't want to obviously I would always take the work but yeah if you know but in terms of setting up your business you do have different your 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 life the time of day and it's all a bit different and someone has to do a nine to five and be focused for those hours every single day you can kind of you can make it work around what you're doing and that's the joy of it
0: oh hannah thank you this has been awesome i really appreciate you for your time um very importantly would you like to tell people how they can find you and how they can find Makebox and co if they would like to subscribe or follow you and all of that business tell us where we can find you
1: You have to come and have a visit come and say hi um so i'm i'm a slight instagram addict and i need to talk to hilda burke about putting my phone down um (laughs) (laughs) Um, she texted me earlier, so I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be even reading this. This is not, you know, I'm on my phone again. Um, so you can find us on Instagram at makebox.co and our website is www.makebox.co, not .com or .co.uk, it's just .co, which, um you can just Google us and we'll come up. But we decided on .co because we kind of have created a bit of a community mm. of our makers so we have this really wonderful Facebook community group where people give each other advice and stuff on the crafts oh, and lovely. the mailboxes and things, and they're really chatty and a lovely bunch. and And so we use social media to the best positive advantage, which is people sharing the things that they've made that they've made that they feel really proud of. and And so it's a really lovely community to be part of. So you know, you can always drop in and say hi in those communities as well if you, if you do want to have a little go at crafting and get some life. Yeah.
0: nice that is lovely well thank you so much for joining me i wish you all the very best with it all and then, and all of the projects that are coming up the kids stuff and exciting christmas things i'll be keeping my eye out for uh, for all thank of the things you. that you're doing thanks for joining me hannah
1: you're very welcome see you soon bye
0: Thank you for listening to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do take a moment to rate and review it. I would be super grateful. If you'd like to find out more about Freelance Feels, it's at freelance underscore feels on Twitter and Instagram, freelancefeels.com online, and there's now a Freelance Feels newsletter at freelancefeels.substack.com.
1: See you again soon.